0: Hello, and welcome back to the Fantasy Playmakers. What's up, guys? For today, I'm gonna run back the video I put out yesterday talking about why you should draft every running back, but I'm gonna talk about the wide receivers. So I'm gonna go through the top 36 players using Underdog Fantasy's ADP, and I'm gonna talk about the positives of drafting them, because even though I'm not gonna be targeting every one of these guys, it is important to focus on the positives, because every player does have that opportunity to hit, and every player does have something going for them. So let's get started right away. And the number one guy is Tyreek Hill. And I think it's pretty clear why you'd be drafting Tyreek Hill. I mean, he has a crazy amount of upside both in yardage and in touchdowns. He's attached to Patrick Mahomes. That offense is going to be top three in yards and points. So he's going to have every opportunity. And this year he may even get more volume just because you did have Sammy Watkins leave and you didn't really bring anyone else in. So Tyreek Hill already has a lot of yardage volume. He has that huge, big playability. And he also showed a much improved floor last year so he's really just an all-around great fantasy option. Up next is Stephon Diggs, and I think you really just have to love the volume he's going to get. You know he's going to be locked in to be top three in targets, receptions, receiving yards, all those categories. He's not touchdown dependent at all. He doesn't need to go out and get you 10 plus touchdowns in a season to put up top three wide receiver numbers, so that's why you have to be interested in Stephon Diggs this year. For Devontae Adams, if Aaron Rodgers is back, I think he is the number one wide receiver. And you just saw it last year. The dude was the number one wide receiver by a long shot, and he even missed some games and still finished as the wide receiver one in total points. He's going to have such a huge target share on that offense with or without Rodgers. So even if Rodgers doesn't come back, he's still going to get a ton of volume. He is clearly their best weapon and will be very involved in this offense. For DeAndre Hopkins, he already produced as a wide receiver one last year, and it was his first year with the Cardinals. So we know he is an incredibly talented wide receiver, and now he has an extra year of chemistry with Kyler Murray. I think Kyler's gonna improve from his sophomore season. And now I think the biggest change from last year is that he has a little bit of help in that offense. You know, normally it's not ideal when a team brings in a bunch of other weapons, but for DeAndre Hopkins, he is locked into that alpha role. So the Cardinals bringing in A.J. Green and Rondell Moore, I think only helps DeAndre Hopkins because it's going to take the pressure off of him. Last year, defenses could just be so heavily focused on Hopkins it actually restricted him a little bit so i think hopkins has a great opportunity to finish as a high end wide receiver one for calvin ridley i think it's pretty clear that now he has the opportunity to be the alpha in this offense with julio jones being traded this is now calvin ridley's time to take over that number one role and he finished as a high end wide receiver one last year With Julio in the lineup. So if he's able to combine the big play potential he had last year with maybe some more volume in this offense, I think his stocks are looking great for this year. At number six in ADP, it's AJ Brown. And I think you'd be drafting him for his big play potential and just this overall efficiency in this Titans offense. I mean, we've seen it two straight years. AJ Brown doesn't need to go out there and get eight plus receptions, you know, to put up solid numbers. You can count on him going out every week and going for like four receptions, a hundred yards and a touchdown. He's proven that he can do it consistently. I expect his offense to be very concentrated in terms of touches. So I think Derrick Henry, A.J. Brown, and Julio Jones are all gonna be able to feast. So A.J. Brown should be set for a wide receiver one season. Now we've got D.K. Metcalf, and I think his biggest positive is being attached to Russell Wilson. You know that Seattle Seahawks offense is gonna be throwing the ball a lot. There's gonna be a lot of touchdown opportunities and just a lot of volume out there. And he has established himself as the clear cut Alpha in that offense and after putting up a wide receiver one season last year I don't think there's any reason to suspect he falls off this year for Justin Jefferson I think you're drafting him because of how impressive he was as a rookie One of the best rookie wide receiver seasons of all time 1400 yards was a wide receiver one for fantasy just absolutely dominated and really nothing has changed in this offense He's going to be the alpha this year and if anything, I just think he's going to improve He's going to be a better player more well-rounded player and will have the opportunity to go for another wide receiver one season. At number nine, I think Mike Thomas's upside is pretty clear and it's that he has the chance to be the big time volume receiver in the Saints offense. If you're looking at the weapons the Saints have, they are not really stacked in terms of pass catchers. You basically have Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara, who I think are gonna be the two clear leaders in targets and receptions. And Michael Thomas has shown in years past that he 100% can be the alpha wide receiver and command an absolutely huge amount of volume. So no matter who the quarterback is, Michael Thomas should still be a volume machine. Just like Mike Thomas, I think Keenan Allen has a lot of similar things going for him. Just in terms of being a volume receiver on his offense, Keenan Allen is gonna be the easy number one target on the chargers. And he's going to be a volume monster. You know, he's not a huge, big play guy, but he is going to command a lot of targets. He's going to catch a lot of passes, go for 1000 plus receiving yards easy if he stays healthy. And another huge positive for Keenan Allen is that he has Justin Herbert there. Justin Herbert lit it up as a rookie. And I truly think he is probably a top 10 NFL quarterback right now. And so he's going to improve after his rookie year and come out even better, which just sets Keenan Allen up to have a great year up next it's terry mclaurin and it finally seems like terry has some things going for him you bring in ryan fitzpatrick which just totally elevates terry mclaurin's ceiling it seemed like his rookie and sophomore season he was one of these guys kind of like Allen robinson where you're like oh what could he do if he had a quarterback you knew he had the talent but you just didn't have a guy that could get him the ball consistently now he has that with ryan fitzpatrick historically Fitzpatrick has been great at supporting his number one weapon and Terry is going to be the number one guy in that offense and just to help him out a little bit more he was kind of experiencing the same thing that DeAndre Hopkins was last year where there was just not a lot of other guys around him to kind of protect him in terms of coverages he was getting a lot of attention so this offseason they went out they got Curtis Samuel drafted Deami Brown which I think is just going to help open things up on the field for Terry I just mentioned this guy but here at number 12 it's Allen Robinson, and actually, similar to Terry McLaurin, I think the reason you'd be drafting Allen Robinson is this newfound upside with Justin Fields. We know that Allen Robinson is one of the safest and just most consistent wide receivers. He's been putting up borderline wide receiver one numbers his entire career, despite his quarterbacks being Blake Bortles, Mitch Trubisky, and Nick Foles, just a garbage lineup. But he already has that security, and now you have a potential franchise quarterback there in Justin Fields. I think it just bumps up Allen Robinson's ceiling a little bit more than it was at before. On to the next 12 wide receivers. At number 13, it's Amari Cooper, and I think you've just got to like the role he has in this offense. I think he's locked into that alpha spot with the Cowboys, and this is going to be a crazy high volume offense the Cowboys defense is just super subpar. So they're gonna need to be throwing the ball, scoring points the entire game. And that is only gonna help out Amari Cooper. We saw the crazy pace that Dak was on last year. And you know, I know he's not gonna go out there and throw for 7,000 yards or whatever his pace was, but I do think it's a great sign how effective and explosive this offense was. When Dak was on the field, Amari Cooper was a wide receiver one. And I think he just continues where he left off with Dak in 2020 up next it's amari cooper's teammate cd lamb and i think they have some similarities and differences in why you'd be drafting them overall the situation of being on a high volume passing attack i think is also great for cd lamb but i don't think he's the alpha of that offense but i don't think that's necessarily a bad thing cd lamb is going to operate mainly out of the slot and i think that actually gives him a little bit more security potentially just because you know he's basically locked into that volume. So, you know, basically just two different types of players on the same team. Up next, it's Mike Evans, and I think his upside is pretty clear. You just look at this Buccaneers passing attack. It is very explosive. It is high volume, and what do the Bucks wanna do? They wanna push the ball down the field. No risk it, no biscuit. That's Bruce Arians' mantra, and what does Mike Evans do? He is a true deep threat, and I also think he has an underrated floor. We've seen him go for a 1,000 receiving yards in every single one of his NFL seasons. That's incredibly impressive. So you know he's gonna be locked in as Tom Brady's number one deep threat. He's gonna be the guy they look to in the red zone, a big bodied receiver who's able to go up and secure those goal line touches. So I just really like how Mike Evans is basically able to score his points everywhere. You know, he could go out, get you eight receptions, Or he could go for two receptions, 50 yards, and a touchdown. You know, he can really do everything. And I think that's really going to be nice this year for the Buccaneers offense. At number 16, it's Julio Jones. And a lot of the things I said about A.J. Brown's situation also applies to Julio Jones. But they definitely are very different in terms of their play style. Like I mentioned, the Titans offense is very efficient. And I think that's definitely going to benefit Julio Also, I think it's going to be a concentrated offense. I mentioned that. And Julio Jones is one of those guys who's going to be fed the ball. And I think him and AJ Brown are a pretty nice pairing because AJ Brown is that big play guy. He's going to want to stretch the ball down the field and Julio Jones is going to be able to operate as a target machine in this offense. If you could criticize Julio Jones in terms of a fantasy player, I think you would say that that touchdown upside just really hasn't been there for him. You know, he's basically locked in to go for 1,200 plus yards, but you know, he's not a guy who's locked in to 10 plus touchdowns. He may actually have the opportunity to do that this year with the Titans, just because they do score touchdowns at a very high rate. Next up, it's Robert Woods. And I've actually talked about him in a couple different videos this off season. And I really like Robert Woods. You'd be drafting him because he is a very safe option. A guy who's basically locked in to finish as a wide receiver two every season. He stays on the field. He's gonna be very consistent. He's gonna get enough work, basically quarterback proof in the way they use him. But this year, I think he has even more going for him with Matthew Stafford coming in. I think his ceiling has definitely risen so a guy that i think you can have a lot of confidence in on a week-to-week basis who also may have a newfound boom potential this year for dj moore i think he's honestly quietly turning into one of those guys who hasn't really played with a solid quarterback one of those Allen robinsons or terry mclaurins before this year but i mean dj moore the past couple seasons has put up some solid wide receiver two numbers despite not getting a lot of help from the quarterback position but I think he does have a little bit of hope this year because he did have that security in terms of a season-long player. You know, maybe he's not the most consistent on a week-to-week basis, but you know where he's gonna finish in his season-wide totals. But now you have Sam Darnold coming in And Sam Darnold didn't look great with the Jets, but I really like these Panthers coaches, Matt Rule and Joe Brady. And so I think if anyone can turn around Sam Darnold, it's those guys. And if Sam Darnold does click, then I mean, I think DJ Moore's ceiling goes through the roof because he is an incredibly talented wide receiver. At number 19, it's Chris Godwin. And some of the same things I said about Mike Evans are going to apply to Chris Godwin. The fact that the Buccaneers are gonna be a high scoring, high volume offense is obviously great for Godwin. And I do just like that he's shown that he can be a high end wide receiver one. We saw him and Mike Evans finish as top, top tier wide receiver ones in 2019. So, you know, it is nice to know that he does have that ability in him. And also, I think he has a good opportunity to be one of Tom Brady's favorite volume receivers this year. But you know, he's not one of these guys who only operates out of the slot and is just going for, you know, 10-yard chunks. He can also push the ball down the field. So another one of these Buccaneers receivers who has some versatility in that offense. Up next, it's Jamar Chase. And I think the reason you are drafting him is pretty clear. You look at what he did at LSU as a sophomore. I mean, he was the best receiver on that team. And Justin Jefferson was on that team and look what Justin Jefferson did in his first year in the NFL Absolutely went crazy. So I don't even think we know what jamar chase's nfl ceiling is even as a rookie And then he goes into the nfl and gets drafted by the team who had his starting quarterback when he did go off Him and joe burrow are reunited and I do think this Bengals offense is going to be a high volume passing attack I think they're going to be feeding these wide receivers you have chase higgins and boyd so they're going to want to get those guys involved so jamar chase definitely has a lot of upside this year and i mean it's reflected in how high he's ranked as a rookie for tyler lockett he has some pretty serious weekly upside and it kind of seems like that's why he's being avoided this offseason but if i'm looking at the pros for tyler lockett i mean this man can go out and single-handedly win you a week we saw it last year he had a couple games where he just absolutely went crazy basically could lock up a win for you. And also if you look at his season finish, he was a wide receiver one. And so if you can get a guy who can finish as a wide receiver one, you know, as a late end wide receiver two, maybe even a early wide receiver three, I think that can really provide some incredible value. At 22, I have Cooper Cup. And when you're looking at Cooper Cup compared to Robert Woods, I think in the past, Robert Woods has been more of the safe option and Cooper Cup has been kind of this higher upside play. And I think Cooper Cup is gonna come into this year again and have huge upside. Last year, he struggled, but it was really just due to a lack of touchdowns. And I do not think that's gonna be a problem this year because you have Matthew Stafford coming in. So if Cooper Cup and Matthew Stafford are able to click, I would not be shocked if Cooper Cup finishes as a very high-end wide receiver two or even a wide receiver one, like we've seen in years past. And I think, honestly, this is the best situation he's been in. So I don't even know if we know what his true ceiling is. For Adam Thielen, I think you're drafting him just because of his track record of success as a fantasy wide receiver. He's proven that he can finish as a wide receiver two or even a wide receiver one in fantasy football. And really not much has changed this off season. I think this Minnesota Vikings offense is kind of comparable to the Tennessee Titans. I think their weapons are just a little bit weaker, But if you're talking about a concentrated target share it's going to be adam thielen justin jefferson and delvin cook just dominating those carries so adam thielen is going to have a lot of opportunity this year and you're getting a guy as a late wide receiver two who put up wide receiver one production last season up next here we just talked about his teammate a couple players ago but it's t higgins from the Bengals. And I think the reason you're drafting T. Higgins is honestly because we don't really know what Jamar Chase is going to do. Yes, Jamar Chase does have a lot of upside, but we've never seen him play in the NFL. So it is a little risky to just go out there and say, you know, he's automatically going to hit, which is basically where he's being drafted right now. So T. Higgins has already proven to us that he is a very capable NFL wide receiver. And you know, if Jamar Chase kind of stumbles out of the gate, T Higgins could be a value here. If he's able to lock up that number one wide receiver role, like I talked about, I think this Bengals offense is going to be throwing the ball a lot. And T Higgins could be the number one beneficiary of that. All right, we're on to the last 12 wide receivers at ADP 25. It's Deontay Johnson. And I think it's pretty clear why you'd be drafting him. It's just going to be the amount of volume he's lined up to get we saw him get an insane amount of targets last season, and that was with him leaving games early for injury. He even got benched in one half for drops, which obviously isn't ideal, but you know, if he's able to lock it all in, he's gonna be one of the most targeted players in the NFL. And even if you're not on a super efficient offense, or even if you're not getting a ton of touchdown opportunity, just getting you know 140, 150 touches is gonna give you such a safe floor and a decent ceiling, especially in half-point PPR and PPR formats. Up next, it's Kenny Galladay, and I really think you just have to be buying into his talent. He's proven to us that he can be a high-end wide receiver two, low-end wide receiver one. He is a super talented deep threat, and so you just kind of have to buy in that the Giants are going to be able to kind of conform to his play style. He's going to elevate Daniel Jones. You give him a true wide receiver one, and that's really where Kenny Galladay's upside is going to come from. For Brandon Ayuk, I'd be drafting him because I think he's gonna be the number one wide receiver on this team. He put up a super impressive rookie season, kind of went under the radar. And even though he didn't play a lot of the games with both Kittle and Debo in the lineup, when he was given the opportunity, he produced. So, you know, it's not his fault that he didn't get to play with those guys. And with a jump he could take from his rookie to sophomore season, he has a lot of upside here as the potential wide receiver one for the 49ers. Now at 28, it is Odell Beckham. And I mean, this is pretty obvious for why you'd be drafting Odell. It's because you've seen years ago, Odell Beckham was one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. He's kind of stumbled in recent years, but I mean, he has a track record of production that is not even comparable to these guys that are getting picked around him. At one point in his career, he was considered to be like a number one, number two, maybe number three wide receiver in overall rankings. And so he does have that potential so you know maybe he's able to go out this year and put together a vintage season for chase claypool i think you'd be targeting him basically for the opposite reason that you'd be targeting his teammate deontay johnson deontay johnson is going to be the volume guy chase claypool is not he is a high upside player he showed off as a rookie last year put together a great season had a lot of touchdown upside and really put together some huge weeks So if he's able to make another jump from his rookie to sophomore season, he could be in for a lot of boom games this year. Now at number 30, it's Corlin Sutton. And I really think you just have to like his talent overall. He's kind of been forgotten about since his season ending injury, but he is just a very talented guy and is lined up to be the wide receiver one with the Broncos. Up next, it's DJ Chark, and I think you have to be hoping that he is able to beat out LaVisca and Marvin Jones and take over that alpha wide receiver role because you have much more talent at the quarterback position than you've had in years past. You now have Trevor Lawrence throwing you the ball, and so if he really can secure that number one role, he's likely to be a value here as a lower end wide receiver three. At number 32, it's Robbie Anderson. And he really has a level of safety that not a lot of these other guys around him have. Robbie Anderson is gonna be a volume machine on this Panthers offense. They showed last year how they wanna use him. They're gonna get him a lot of touches. He's gonna have a very nice floor for you. And he also has that connection with Sam Darnold, which may give him a leg up in terms of you know chemistry. Sam Darnold is gonna feel comfortable with him, probably more so than the other receivers. So that should help him out throughout this season as well so a very low risk player this late in the draft which is something that's going to be pretty uncommon with Devonte smith You really just have to like his potential as the alpha in that Philadelphia Eagles offense. No one has gone out and claimed the number one role on the Eagles. I mean, they had a committee at wide receiver last year and their top pick from 2020, Jalen Rager, has not really broken out. He didn't have a super impressive season last year. So this wide receiver one role is wide open. And I mean, if you just look at his college production, he's definitely likely the better prospect over Jalen Rager, so if he can produce right away, he is definitely gonna outperform this ADP of 33. At number 34, I have Jerry Judy. And I think the hope for Judy is that he's able to challenge Cortland Sutton for that wide receiver one role. You know, obviously if he's able to take over the number one spot, he definitely has a lot more value. And I think that's kind of what you're banking on here going for him as wide receiver 34. Up next, it's Debo Samuel. And even though he struggled to kind of stay on the field in 2020, I think you've got to look back at the solid rookie season he put up in 2019. He definitely has the potential to be the wide receiver one in this offense. And you could argue that the 49ers kind of like to use him more creatively than they use Ayuk. They like to get Debo involved right away. They get the ball in his hands so he can make plays. They run jet sweeps, screens, all that stuff. So it could give Debo Samuel a decent floor, especially if Trey Lance comes in because those touches are going to be much more valuable if you do have a running quarterback there. To wrap up the top 36 wide receivers, ADP, the last guy here at number 36 is Tyler Boyd. And even though you do have Jamar Chase and T. Higgins there, I think you're drafting Tyler Boyd as more of a safer play. I think you kind of know where you're getting out of him. T. Higgins and Jamar Chase are both gonna be out wide. So I don't think they're gonna cut into Tyler Boyd's overall touches too much because he does kind of own that slot role. So if he's kind of able to just do his thing in the slot while Higgins and Chase battle for targets out wide, I think that's kind of where you're getting your value with Boyd. All right, that is gonna wrap up why I would draft the top 36 wide receivers. And like I mentioned at the beginning of the video, even though I'm not gonna be targeting you know every single player, I definitely think there are some values and maybe some worse picks in this ADP. It is important to just look at the upside that every player has because there is really a reason to draft every single one of these guys. But that's all I have for you guys today. If you guys enjoyed the video, please just make sure you leave a like and subscribe. I'd really appreciate it. And also let me know your thoughts down below in the comment section, and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. But thank you guys so much for watching and listening. Stay tuned tomorrow. I'm going to be putting out an Amari Cooper versus CD Lamb player versus player comparison breaking down both of those guys, talking about which one I would prefer to draft. So make sure you guys watch out for that. But that's all I have for you guys today. Thank you and see you guys tomorrow.